everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Simply Amazing, episode number 150. Congratulations to you guys for sticking around. Uh, Tim Ryder from the Apple. Friends, it is deadline day. Well, there's an asterisk at the back of that. It's deadline day, but it's the deadline that was imposed by Major League Baseball uh, in the lockout that Major League Baseball enacted and then dragged their feet in even getting to the table. Uh, it, you know, it's it's all been a been a farce. If you've been following along along on Twitter, you know you've uh, seen me voicing my displeasure. And yeah, I mean, I'll come out and say it. I'm fully a, a pro union person, and and uh, yeah, what Major League Baseball has been doing to the to the players is methodically painting them into a corner. And, uh, you know, I guess that's how these negotiations work. There's leverage. There's there's going to be caveats. There's going to be, uh, you know, do this, we'll do that. But, you know, to the 10th power. And I think we're seeing that all unfold now. And, you know, there was there was meetings all week. And, and <laughs> I guess at one point it almost felt like there was progress being made. And then, of course, on Saturday, uh, <laughs> the players left – I believe it was the sixth consecutive day of, of meetings, uh, extremely angry and with, with good reason. Um, MLB throughout the week, they, uh, they, there was some headway made on, on draw on draft lottery picks, uh, penalties for multiple consecutive losing seasons. You know, things appeared to be coming into focus, even on very, very minor issues that still a lot, everything still needs to be worked out. But even on smaller things, there was, it, there appeared to be some headway being made. You know, I guess coming into Saturday, um, everyone kind of assumed that this was a, a make or break time in negotiations. Uh, I know the optimists in all of us looked at what happened throughout the week and, you know, skeptical optimism, but still, Progress was progress, and everything seemed to be moving along. And yeah, MLB comes in on Saturday, and uh, pretty much, you know, and the players made another huge concession. They chopped their uh, arbitration eligible for year two to three players uh, from seventy five percent down to thirty five percent. Major League Baseball still won't budge off twenty two percent. That is status quo. Major League Baseball only made very very minor. Uh, increases to their competitive balance tax threshold. I believe it was one million in the first year, and then it stayed the same throughout. Pretty much just a slap in the face. I said it on Twitter. Uh, MLB played nice. Well, appeared to play nice for a few days. Um, I think they coaxed the the union into putting their best offer on the table on Saturday, and. I, I used my words carefully, and they, they stabbed them in the chest with it. They did not stab them in the back with it. They took it right to their face and said, oh, yeah, well, thanks for, for cutting out your own legs. Now we'll go ahead and move on with uh, <laughs> with what we've been trying to accomplish here, which is you know not even status quo. I think MLB has made it very clear they want to <laughs> they want to degrade working conditions for players. And, and and this is of course revenue split, this is everything. But all the way from the young guys to the to the veterans, even when the players association agreed to 
you know, cut their proposals. They they chopped out early free agency. That was one of their their earliest um, concessions. Saying, all right, we're 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 going to take this out. We're going to focus on the younger class of players, the next generation of union members. You know, the next couple of generations, to be honest, and and that was really encouraging. And you, everyone, I think the union included, but even just casual observers like us, kind of expected. Major League Baseball to take those concessions and at least reciprocate compromise, reciprocate an effort towards compromise. And they've done nothing of the sort, absolutely nothing. And it starts from taking six weeks off through the offseason, not negotiation, not negotiating. It just it's been extremely frustrating from a fan's point of view. Uh, the <laughs> The, the water carrying on Twitter, the, um, just, it, it's, it's almost become transparent. And I know that, you know, from a fan's perspective, there are misinformed fans. And I don't necessarily blame them because when you have large national accounts, national personalities, blatantly tweeting out inaccurate information or just framing it in a, completely inaccurate way. I don't want to get into specific details. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, you know, if you follow anybody on Twitter, these people come under fire a lot and they've, they've always been mouthpieces for the league, but now it's, um, it's blatant. And, and the fact that it, you're, you're, some of these people are, uh, they're, they're doing what they're doing simply, I guess, you know, Paying their tribute up to the to the Don. I've been watching a whole lot of uh, uh, Godfather and a bunch of stuff lately. But that's in essence, that's what they're doing. They're paying tribute. They're 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 doing their little uh, their soldier work and they're and they're kicking up to the top. And um, that's you know it, it's disappointing. It's it, it's whatever. It's the world that we live in as far as sports journalism. Some people are just easily you know persuaded, uh, what have you, you know, um, and again, even me coming out and being extremely pro-union, at least I'm coming out and saying it from the start. And there's a lot of people like me, like, you know, not only is it the ethical and moral way to look at things, you know, nobody goes to the stadium to watch the owners. They go to watch the players. Nobody turns on the TV to watch a game and, Oh, show me the owner's box. No, this, that's, that's not where we're, no one's here rooting for the owners. And I personally don't get it. That's like going to work and saying, oh man, look at our boss making all that money off us. I'm so proud of him. Like, that's just not how it works, guys. But anyway, we're getting, we're getting past it. And I think, you know, working together, and I think you see it even in regular walks of life, management rewarding jobs well done with increased pay, increased, you know, revenue share, whatever it is. I mean, you can, you can see the parallels between regular employment and professional athletes. And that's where I'm, uh, there's such a disconnect between, oh, these are just millionaires arguing with billionaires. That's wrong, bro. That's just, that's just inaccurate. It's simply wrong. Um, you know, besides the fact that 75% of the league makes under a million dollars a year and, you know, a large portion of major league payrolls on a team by team basis, 
you know, they go to a select few players. This isn't like, oh, everyone's living like fat cats. It's not, that's not what this is. And that's kind of what the union is trying to eliminate, or at least bring up to snuff. They want the younger generation of players, which of course, you know, think about, I think we've said this on the show pretty much verbatim, but, you know, think about the pool of minor league players that eventually gets whittled down to major league fringe players that then gets cut down to guys who reach free agency. And then there's that 1% that are superstars. Um, You know, not every major league baseball player and every, you know, there are how many have, I'm not going to look it up, but there, there have been tens of thousands of major league baseball players, you know, not all of these guys are household names. Not all of these guys left the game with much to speak of besides some experiences. It's just how it is. But the union's doing all they can to kind of bring up the rear in that sense. And that's encouraging. And, and Major League Baseball has done just nothing in return to um, to foster any sort of compromise between the two sides. And it's it's getting to the point that it's beyond frustrating. It's It's... <laughs> It's uh, it's insulting. It's insulting to the fans. It's insulting to, I think, everybody who's even partially invested in this game. I think, you know, the whole national pastime thing has gone by the wayside. Uh, the average age of the Major League fan is well into their 50s, and this whole debacle isn't going to help anything. So you have to kind of take into account that the long-term ripple effects of, of what's going on now, and if it gets uglier and well we're going to talk in the second half about where this could possibly go but you know MLB is sowing seeds of of decay they're not they're not doing anything for the growth of the game they're not doing themselves any favors by uh conducting themselves the way they are and I think the players you know look at where they started and look at where they've come down to and most of it and I think they'll be the first to admit this has been them negotiating against themselves. MLB has kind of forced their hand to do this. But if that's what speeds up the process, I think the players are just trying to get back to work. That's, you know, reasonable. This is I think everything they've done has pretty much been reasonable. I think the only times that they've been <clears throat> appeared to be petty was when MLB just, you know, spat in their faces and said, okay, you want to play this game? We can play this game. And they'll come back with similarly, you know, non, non-starting, uh, non-starter type um, uh, proposals or, or just, you know, talks. And then, you know, of course, it's a Saturday and things just blow up. And, you know, now we head into today. I'm recording this Sunday night, but uh, Monday is, again, MLB's self-imposed deadline day, and and uh, we should point out, and um, our buddy Dan uh, Zimborski over at uh, <clears throat> Fangraphs, who's been really on top of all these things, uh, makes a very good point, and that was backed up by our buddy um, JB over at Mets Fix. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to Mets Fix. But Dan points out that Monday is not actually a deadline for a 162-game season. Monday, and I'm quoting here his tweet, Monday is the deadline set for Major League Baseball changing their bargaining position on how many games will be played to a number fewer than 162. He notes that this is a workplace condition and also a CBA-negotiated facet of these uh, 
negotiations. So as we saw last year in 2020, determining the amount of games that will be played is a back and forth negotiation CBA type thing. Uh, in the event, as we're in now, that there is no CBA, um, hopefully at the point that they're determining how many games will be played, there will be an agreement in place. But, you know, there's going to have to be talks. There's going to have to be negotiations. It's going to have to be, oh, how are we divvying up this? How are we prorating this? And, you know, MLB is going to play the same games that they played in 2020 with COVID. They're going to play the same games they've played all winter. And uh, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be a mess, but we'll take a quick break. We're going to hear from a couple of sponsors. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Once again, Tim Ryder, The Apple. 150 episodes is simply amazing. I, You know, it's not 200, but it's, you know, a little feather in the cap. I enjoy it. Um, as noted, it is Monday. We are uh, at the uh, the deadline. Um, it already seems to be a, uh, I guess a foregone conclusion that things will either be slightly delayed, even if they come to an agreement today, uh, things will either be slightly delayed or, uh, a spring training type exhibition season will be extremely condensed, but whatever the case, um, things are trending toward being another very, very strange season. <clears throat> you have to look back and this is... 2020s was was all crazy because of COVID. 2021, uh, you know, guys coming off a of full seasons, having to play 162 after playing 60. Um, uh, just a a very very strange era in baseball, and this has only added to the weirdness. And now you're going to come out of this, and there's going to be animosity, and you know, there's going to be a flurry of moves. You got to think that there's been, you know, under the table and, uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> burner phone conversations going on all winter as far as continuing, you know, transactions in front offices, building out rosters, discussing trades, what have you. When things come to, and I still hold out a little bit of hope that things will come around, um, before a, you know, significant portion of the season is lost, but as we'll say in a few minutes, that, that it's always a possibility. That's not the case, but um, yeah, there's you know, there's a lot of a lot of questions to be answered. What what comes next? Okay, so the the players' association has you know, by all accounts, lost the last few CBAs. Um, they did come into this looking to to make some gains and not necessarily modest gains. They wanted to close the gap between what's happening, the growth of the game and, and, and their share of the pie. And, you know, we can get into an hour long episode about that, but you know, what they're doing is, is, is what they're supposed to be doing, you know, at the, the, the pace that the game is growing and no, you know, fan bases aren't, you know, younger fans aren't really being attracted, but I'm talking about money. I'm talking about revenue. Uh, the last time that MLB's revenue was tracked after a full season was 2019, and uh, well over $10 billion a year was the estimate. you got to assume after, in 2021, especially after we saw that the Braves making, I guess, losing the same amount of money that losing in 2020, third quarter, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of you, but they lost a negative amount. A negative, I think it was 
I, I, let's just round about a hundred million. They lost a hundred million in quarter three in 2020. They made a hundred million in quarter three of 2021. So, I mean, that like, I guess Jeff Passon said it this week, anyone who tells you that a baseball team is not profitable is full of shit, but you know, that's, it, it speaks to a much, it speaks to what the union's going after. The union is fighting for their fair share, and they've earned everything they're going to get. Now, if MLB does want to dig their heels in and, and send the game back 30 years, which is what's been rumored to be their agenda um, as far as controlling things, because that's really all this is about. This is about control. You know, you don't own a major league baseball team if you need that money. This is they're playing fucking monopoly money right now, and uh, this is where you know if MLB wants to dig their heels in and say, "Oh no, no, we're not giving you guys anything. We're taking this right to where we want to take it, and until you come to that, you're not gonna, you know, you're not getting an inch from us." Well, the players will be in a precarious position. They're gonna have to. Um, well, one, they're gonna be without paychecks for a very long time, and. These are not billionaires, as we just stated earlier. Uh, most of these guys, you know, will need to do other things for work because, again, they're not going to be uh, pulling in their paychecks. And even their the minimum salary guys who are making, you know, what five eighty five over the last few years, something pro even prorated. You know, we talked about it. Pete Alonso made one point something million over two years, and he made more from his. Excuse me, home run derbies. That's over three seasons. So, you know, if these guys are, are these guys are going to be hurting the lower, lower tier of, uh, of the lower tier of paid players is going to be, you know, in a very, very tough spot. And yeah, the union is, is built to, um, or I guess they have their, uh, their funds built in to kind of get their, their, their workforce through times like this. But still, there's going to be um, pressure on the well, <laughs> pressure from internally for the from the players to get back to work. There's going to be pressure on the fans because you know Major League Baseball's PR is going to do all they can to spin this on the players, saying, "Oh, this is this is their fault." When in you know in reality, um, MLB is just literally painting a picture. They're 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 carefully and meticulously placing leaks with the with with this reporter and that reporter and hey John Heyman say this and hey Bobby Nightingale say that and there would have been a point that I would have apologized oh sorry guys I don't mean to single you out but it's fucking blatant at this point um yeah it, it whatever it is what it is I'm calling you calling you guys out anyway um it, it's it's just it's come to the point that the Players Association, well, it's going to come to the point that the Players Association is going to be um, vilified. And and no, there's going to be, a, there's certainly going to be smart fans and, and ever-growing pockets of smart fans who, who realize who the, the, the villain is in this. And it's Rob Manfred, it's the owners, and hey, everybody loves Uncle Steve, but he's not, um, you know... His hands are just as dirty as everyone else. There are no dissenters in a unified front. Um, behind the scenes, there might be, but it doesn't matter what's behind the scenes. It matters what's what's being projected to the public. And you know, right now you have thirty major league owners, and they're 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 their guy Manfred leading the way, and it's a unified front. So sorry, Steve Cohen, you're 
at this point, you're just another owner. Um, that being said, there's really not much that Cohen could probably do. You know, being the richest guy in the room doesn't always equate to having the loudest voice in the room, especially when you're in a room with a bunch of other billionaires. Uh, and especially he's the new guy. So maybe he he's, doesn't have pull or a lot of pull. Maybe he's just one of 30, which is probably how it should be, but doubtful how it is. Um, you know, small market owners don't want to raise CBT thresholds. They want to keep on bringing in checks every year or revenue share checks or, or luxury tax checks. However, they're getting their money. Um, they want that to continue and then continue not to spend it. You know, there's so many different layers to what the players want to achieve and what they are due to to, to get in, in this CBA. And MLB is just not giving them an inch. And um, it, it's going to create more tension than it already has. And uh, I, I highly doubt things get better right away. It's going to, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's not to say that things might come around somewhat soon, but in the event that it doesn't, um, you know, you're looking at another short season. You're looking at players getting, again, painted into a corner and, and taking things that they shouldn't. And, uh, or that they normally wouldn't in normal negotiations just to get back on the field. Kind of brings me to my final point here that if it does turn out that um, MLB is not budging on anything and the players have to say, all right, we're going to hold out. We're just going to keep on holding out until the, you know, it, the owners are trying to break the players union in any way they possibly can. And now they're resorting to just, we're not going to move, and you guys are going to have to budge to uh, to start getting paid again. And if MLB has the um, has the notion that that's all they have left, if that's what they believe is this is this is the only option we have, is to hold out until the owners break, and that's going to take a long time to break billionaires. Again, this isn't money that they necessarily count on. You don't buy a sports franchise with. With your only money, <laughs> this is money that you're, you know, these guys are just throwing around. Oh, I can order a sports team. It's, you know, it's a profit every, it's a check every month, whatever it is. And it's, it's, you know, it's an extremely lucrative one, but not, not every, and not everybody can get into the club. Not everybody's got a billion dollars to toss around, but nobody's taking their first billion and buying a ball club unless you're Derek Jeter and you get 20 people to throw in with you and you still get to be the face of it. God bless Derek Jeter for, uh, for doing that, by the way. It's amazing. Really, I, nothing but respect for him. I know that Mets fans hate to hear that, but it's really fucking impressive. Anyway, um, so heading into Monday, you know, Sunday, it, news didn't come out. I think they met three or four times from 1 p.m. until, uh, I want to say something like 8 o'clock. Uh, there was a bunch of back and forth, and then everybody left, and there was probably a good 15-minute window before uh, news started coming out that, uh, I guess, details were coming out. And that's really different from what we've been seeing throughout the week, where as soon as the parties are separate, you already have little leaks and little notes coming out from each side. It took a solid 20 minutes or so before any news started dribbling out. And the news that did come out, there was it was it was non-news. It was, oh, uh, you know, productive day, but uh, 
no real no, I think you know it was productive, but these two sides are very far apart. Which, of course, Twitter's just having a field day with, because uh, you could apply that to anything. I think uh, our buddy Jake over at uh, John Boy Media said, "Oh yeah, use that one at work this week." I'm productive, but we're we're very far apart on on what that means. But uh, you know, it, it's um, it's just such a fucking mess. My gosh. So if tomorrow comes and goes with no deal you're gonna have to assume i'm still kind of shocked players didn't walk away from the table and say we're not even coming on sunday after what happened on saturday with uh mlb just really throwing it right back in their faces but moving on from here you have to think that if something doesn't get because doesn't get done tomorrow meetings will continue because there's still time to theoretically get things in place, you know, squeeze in some seven-inning doubleheaders and still play 162. Even if you drop it down to 154, which they're probably going to do it like they've been doing spring training and, oh, we'll chop off a week here. We'll chop off three days here. You have to assume they'll keep going. But if things get ugly, if they move past tomorrow's deadline and things get ugly and it's really a stalemate, I fully support if the players have to resort to just waiting on the league to say, hey, okay, we have to budge. Because, you know, thinking out of it how it is right now, I can't imagine the league moving on anything. <laughs> I really can't. Um, they don't need to. Eventually, the players will need to. And that's just, it's it's very disappointing that this is how they're treating the uh, the lifeblood of their game. And, you know, the players, I think we've said this on the show before, the players are the game. The players are what the fans come to see, but the fans are being left out in the cold. The fans are being, um, they're a forgotten entity at this point. And that's just a, you know, par for the course. It's labor negotiations. The consumer is never included in these things. Look at Kellogg's a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. Um, it didn't matter if the public was boycotting. It didn't matter if the public was buying. It didn't matter if the public was complaining because they couldn't find their cereals or whatever. It didn't matter. Kellogg's was still out there ready to throw replacement workers in and, and throw out, you know, pension-paying union workers like their trash. Um, this is just... People say, oh, this is business. No, I mean, I think this is where you're confusing business and labor relations. In business, you make profit off of your product, off of the manufacturing and sale or whatever the case may be of that product. You don't, well, ideally, ethically, you don't make profit off of your workforce. Sure, you, you, can, you can keep your bottom line intact by weighing your workforce against your revenue, but you don't skimp out on your workforce just to increase your pockets, just to just to line your pockets and increase your profits. That's not that's not kosher, man. It's not. And that's what MLB has been doing for the last few years. That's what they're doing now. It's what they're trying to continue doing into the future. And that's where the Major League Baseball Players Association has been and should continue to stand up. And, uh, you know, at the risk of repeating myself because – there's not a whole lot of new news coming out. I think we're going to cut it off there. Um, extremely frustrated. 
remotely optimistic that things can come around, but yeah. Well, the MLB might not have broken, uh, I mean, uh, Major League Baseball might not have broken the Players Association yet, but they've uh, they've come damn close to breaking me. Anyway, guys, 150 episodes. I can't thank you enough for listening along. Um, we're going to keep this party going. Uh, you know, as long as you're listening, I'm going to keep making them. Um, we're going to have new content coming up at the Apple. We're trying to go a little bit outside the box to continue to keep things fresh. You know me, I'm not really one for repeating what everyone else is saying. Uh, I like to be on the other side of that trend, but hey, even at that, even when you see what you're saying start to get repeated by other people, and that can go from anyone from, you know, on your level, below your level, above your level. I used to get really mad about it. I, I'm some, I'm starting to come around to it, you know. I'm not going to say I mind it. I totally mind it because you still got that little tinge of, oh, I... You know, either whether it's me, whether it's someone else, it's like, oh, you, you know, what you didn't see this person say that. Now you're going to say this anyway, just how social media is. But, um, yeah, there's a certain degree of guess, flattery to it. It's like, oh, look, you're using what I said. It's nice. Anyway, um, yeah, trying to get outside the box in my content and, uh, you know, chase the rabbit. You know how it is. Guys, that's it for me this week. We'll be back next week, hopefully with good news. And uh, you know the sign-off. Let's fucking go Mets. See you next time. Peace.